Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. What's up, storytellers, and welcome back to the Storytelling Lab podcast. This is episode 114, and this is an episode that has been buried in the archives uh, for a long time, unintentionally. So if if you know the show and know my journey, you know we took kind of a, a six-month hiatus uh, after I lost my brother last year and had a newborn and lots of other things that were going on in my personal and professional life that just really, you know, I was on the verge of burnout and I needed a break. And I thought that break would be about a month or two and it lasted six months. But I'm really excited for this season uh, we've got a lot of great guests coming up, and I found this episode, uh, and so I want to apologize ahead of time to my guests, but I found this episode that was actually recorded before my brother passed away. This episode was recorded back in, back in September of 2021, 
the conversation that we have and the lessons that you will learn are more uh, more relevant, more pertinent, even than they were then. So I'm really looking forward to bringing you this episode, but it was a little bit of a trip for me to listen to it because it was about a week or two before... Um, you know, the day that uh, my brother died. We even mentioned my brother on the podcast. So, you know, that, that messed with me a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, but I'm glad that I found it. I'm really glad to bring it to you because there's such valuable insights in this episode about your storytelling, your brand storytelling, but specifically about how to incorporate your story within podcast, within the podcast medium. Now, this is not the first time we have talked about podcasting on the show, and that's for a reason. Uh, And this is not the first time I've had a guest from Singapore on the show, which was uh, not for a reason. That was totally uh, unintentional. The last time was Neil Bearden, and this time it is Graham D. Brown. Now, Graham is a podcast host and a storyteller and entrepreneur, and he is the founder of Pickle & Co., which is an agency based in Singapore that helps other businesses create their own podcast. So he's a podcast producer as well. So when I tell you he knows what he's talking about, I mean it. I've also been a guest on one of his shows, Be More Human. And that's a big part of what we talked about in in the conversation is how to be a human and not sound like a robot when you're doing a business podcast, because inevitably, sometimes the content's not that exciting. We talked about one of my friends who has a solar panel industry podcast. I have another friend who has a legal podcast. You could be a dentist, you could be a plumber, whatever. Sometimes your content is not going to be super duper exciting, but there's a way to make it more enjoyable and entertaining and exciting for the audience because what the reason they're there is for the value that you bring uniquely, specifically you, okay? So that's why your story is so important to bring into your content, specifically here in a podcast, because if you're just there spouting off stats and data, you're going to lose them every time, especially if you're in an industry that's already a little bit boring, so Graham talks to me and tells me about the do's and the don'ts, like what, what you should do when creating a podcast, how you can be more authentically yourself and why, how you can be vulnerable and what vulnerability in business actually looks like and what it doesn't look like, how to identify your audience and be able to speak to them as if you're speaking to a person, like I'm speaking to you now. This conversation was excellent because even though we were talking about something very specific like podcasting for your business, we talk I mean it's really a conversation about life and I find that that parallel is is ever present. Life is 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 not divorced from business and the other way around. It's all the same thing. The lessons that we learn are all the same thing. It's all about communication, connecting with people, whether you're doing it with a purpose like selling a product or service or whether you're just trying to make a relationship with somebody. It's the same exact thing. It's connections with other humans, communicating through those connections. So that's what we talked about. We talked about how to do that through this specific medium of podcast and why there's a great stat. I don't want to say, or I can't really remember it, but I wouldn't say it anyway because I want you to hear it, but a great stat that Graham Graham mentioned where he was comparing the number of websites in whatever year he referenced and how we were in the same spot now with podcasts because often people think it's oversaturated and it's not. This is another vehicle for you to deliver your messages and find and reach your audience. The thing is, it will feel oversaturated if you don't understand how to carve out your unique lane in the space. And that's what we talk about today. So this is my conversation with Graham D. Brown, 
and I hope that you love it, even though it's coming to you about a year later. What are you working on these days? When I, when Julie uh, messaged me and I, I looked into your story a little bit, I'm like, you're just, you're involved in a lot of different things. Yeah. Where, Storytelling. <laughs> where are you focusing your time and energy and how? Well, well we have a, a podcast agency, which is the main business. Yeah. And that really helps. I mean, a lot of people are doing podcasts now for yeah. marketing, you know, in the sense that they're trying to create this media real estate. You know, they're trying to create the next serial or that's what everybody thinks of as podcasts, right? Yeah. But for us, podcast is communications. It's about how do you go to an investment bank or a government agency or a McKinsey or, you know, an IT company who's like boring as fuck, literally, you know, let's be honest, these guys are dry and make that interesting and not necessarily say, right, okay, give this, give us the remit. We'll go and hire a bunch of actors and we'll give you a, an audio storytelling extravaganza that's not yeah. going to work right it's like how do you get your ceos and your people on this podcast and yeah it's going to be an interview unfortunately but that's kind of how it works mm -hmm. and it's how do you create these authentic human stories so that's what we i mean it's comms effectively yeah that's what we do so we've got that and then the other gig is which is a more recent thing is helping people get on podcasts okay so that really came out of the first one more as a sort of an ad hoc where somebody yeah. would say, hey, now that we've been working you on podcasts for so long, what about we get on some podcasts? And it was done as favors, a bit of horse trading, you know, like I'll yeah. get on this one, get you on, you know, <laughs> doing the client thing. And then I thought, actually, there's a business here and that's just yeah. really taken off. Especially so that's been now. good. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now with so many podcasts out there, which I don't think, you know, I, one of the limiting beliefs that a lot of people have is that there's there's too many and I won't be able to make a dent. No, and, we and haven't to, even started. Right. And to your point, listen, if you go in there thinking you're going to, it's either be the next serial or, or failure, then yeah, it might not work for you. And so you see this movement where people are like niching down and making mm. one specifically for their industry. I have a friend who has like, I think the top podcast in the solar panel industry right yeah. very specific i love that but he has yeah. hundreds of thousands of downloads like because there's yeah and that's a growing industry it's he's that guy now yeah right exactly that they talk about at the solar solar con 2022 right. <laughs> exactly he'll be it running the panel weird. sessions and i would never know that he was like that guy in his in his industry right. right he's just another another podcaster so you said something that already interests me very much we can use that example shout out to nico with the uh, suncast podcast but like yeah all these industries many of them not all of them are boring right when i think yeah. of solar panels i know people who are into that probably get really excited about the technology and the capabilities but like i'm not a super technical person when i start hearing that i tune out mm. you can make that case for law for healthcare, for yada, 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 yada. How do we make boring things interesting? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really interesting question. I think the key here is you, you don't sex it up, do you? You keep it true. Mm. That you, you know, it's like a bank, isn't it? You don't want your bank manager coming on with, you know, baseball cap backwards. Hey, kids, yeah. you don't want that. It's like, ah, uh, you know, they can smell BS and that just is, totally fake they but you know it doesn't mean a, a bank can't talk to teenagers for example about hey uh you know i heard you you want to 
you're not thinking of going to university. Maybe you're thinking of saving up and going traveling the world. Well, you know, how much money do you need for that? Okay, let's talk about how much you need to save. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not making it fake. It's making it real. It's, you know, and, and talking about people's stories. So let's talk about that story of that 18 year old guy who, you know, when I dropped out of college and started a business. You know, he needed a bank loan, obviously, or something like that. But, you know, it, it's creating relevant human stories. And that's what I feel is the key here is you bring in an ad agency and, or, you know, somebody who's kind of after an award and they're, they're going to try and sex that thing up, aren't they? They're going to go, right, no, you need to get actors. <laughs> you need some celebrities on this thing, right, to make it interesting. And that happens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that in, inside every organization in solar, there's some interesting stories of that, right? There's yeah. a guy who was making solar panels out of his garage, two guys, right? That kind of stuff's going on everywhere. What it sounds like you're saying is like, we're talking about what really matters, right? And I mm. think that's, you know, from my knowledge of storytelling, that's what connects with, uh, you know, makes us connect with the story really well is it's not so much about what's going on on the surface, but what it's really about. Like, what, what really mm. matters? Is it about love? Is it about loss? Like, what's it, it really about? And I love this point you made about, you didn't say it in these words, but like, don't be phony. And I think another limiting belief, you know, I mentioned the one about people thinking it's too saturated and I won't make a dent. But I think another one is that they have to do it like other people. You mentioned like, yeah. the, bank, the you know, the bank guy with his hat on backwards. You see what's successful for someone, which may be the over the top cheesy, you know, whatever hat on backwards, depending on their audience. And you think that's the only way you can do it. Right. Totally. And it's that's, that's how we live our lives though, right? We, we sort of magpie cobble together the stories of other people and mm. think they are our own. So that's the key, isn't it? It's like, knowing that story even success you know it's a story you can tell yourself right it's a story you can write yourself mm -hmm. things like that knowing that the, the the power of story and the fact that it's all negotiable these are the kind of things that you know, hang on a second when did that start in my life where you know a story could actually change your reality yeah. and knowing that stuff right that's powerful people don't live at that kind of meta level. They don't have that kind of meta awareness of, you know, how the brain works and how it's massively influenced by story. Not because story is this magical thing, but it's just how the brain works, right? And once you get at, into the, at that level, then you can see actually what's important, what makes good story. Why, why do we need story? Evolutionarily, there's such a word. Why do we have story, right? Why does it exist? So all those kind of things are interesting. People don't, it's an exam in life, right? If you start asking these questions, people are like, shut up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, come on. Like story is once upon a time, but it ain't really, you know, like whatever you call yourself, right? You know, if you call yourself a movie maker, a filmmaker, that's a story. Yeah. Like what's on your business cards, a story. So I think it's around us every day. I like that. When you work with your clients, do you specifically walk them through this? You seem to have a really good grasp on like the psychology of story and, and how do you, how to utilize that? Is this something that you're actively working with people on? You've got to, you've got to contextualize it for them. Like that's too much for most people <laughs> that that's okay. Like, you know, man to man on a storytelling podcast, but yeah, 
when somebody's more worried about, oh, how am I going to sound on the microphone? Or what questions do I ask? It's really, you know, how do you get some of that in there? And I think it really comes down to stuff like, you know, they're constantly, the baseline of operations for a lot of corporations is fear. I'm, I'm afraid of making mistakes. And the opposite side of fear is, you know, authenticity effectively. So how do you sort of bring them out of that where there's that natural nudge, if you like, there's the nudging from everybody around to push this thing into a more edited and safer and polished version of what it can be. And you're always trying to push it back the other way and say, well, what does the audience want? What does the listener want to hear? And that's the challenge. You're, you're always trying to push it in that direction. So I don't think you would go in with the psychology of storytelling unless they asked. Right. But you would certainly position it from the fact, okay, right, we have to tell a human story here. And I don't think corporates really come from that position. It's like, this is what I want to talk about. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. That's the reality, right? Nobody cares what you have to say. But that's the, you know, you can't obviously say that, but that's the default operating system of, of a whole of a whole organization that's that's built out of efficiency right so so what do you what do you actually tell someone when they are struggling with that like what camera do we need what microphone should i use like i'm mm. not comfortable being on camera you know that sort of thing and you know that you want to lead them to the story path and you don't want to inundate them with like all right well oxytocin is elevated in the brain when you you know like you know the deep psychology of how they work mm -mm. Like, what is that first step when you're you're using story st structure or story formula? You know, how do you simplify that for the business person who doesn't really need to or want to know the level of depth that you and I might? Yeah, probably the best place to start is to talk about who is your target audience and who's your target listener. Because once they start thinking in those terms, they're also thinking about, okay, I have to communicate to that person and with that person, and therefore there's a gap between us. And I have to think from their perspective. And if you start thinking from the other person's perspective, you're also starting to think about how they're going to interpret that information. And then they start thinking about actually, you know, it's not my opinion about why this isn't interesting. It's like, what does the listener want to hear? Mm -hmm. And we all would agree that everybody likes stories. Now the issue is like, what is a story? They would right. think it's, you know, like a fabrication. Mm -hmm. It's really just about how do you package this thing in a more human way? That, that's really it. I find that the, the biggest successes, it, you know, at the beginning, I was always trying to brute force my strong arm my opinion on people and say, no, no, you've got to have this story. You've got to do it like this. But until you say, who is the target listener, you don't really have them on your side because it's always, you know, they'll always gravitate back towards safe. And therefore, once you start defining the listener and also, you know, give her a name, like she's Nicole, she's 42 years old. She's a head of corporate comms, those kind of things. Then you've got this avatar. I mean, I had a friend who worked radio and he always used to stick this photo on the microphone and talk to her. You know, you hear that with radio hosts, they always say you. They never say you guys or the audience, right? I was always impressed by that. And I, you know, once you start thinking in those terms, then it really changes the mindset.
And that's where storytelling comes in because then you realize actually you have to kind of reach out and grab people. This, this thing you mentioned about people, you know, wanting to get up there and like, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about what I want to talk about. That's so uh, <clears throat> common, you know, in business. Mm. That's the first approach, it seems, in marketing. We have this, we have that, this many employees, this many years, you know, yada, yada, yada. Why is that? Why do they want to lead with? Why did, oh, okay, so I thought you were asking. That was them talking there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did such a good voice. <laughs> I was convinced. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I don't, you know, like it, it's, Again, it's like we it's we've lived through the age of efficiency, which was, you know, from the age of the factory model, Ford's production line, you go back a hundred years, where it was all about efficiency, and efficiency was all about control and control of the widgets and the parts and the process and the least controllable part, the least efficient part of that was the human being, right? Mm. That's that's what we've had for a hundred years. And only now we're sort of emerging into this age of authenticity, which is, you know, we've achieved peak efficiency, if you like. There's no more gains to make this more efficient anymore. And that goes with our communication as well. Like communications in business is just another function. So it, it's efficient, it's controlled, it's polished. It's not about making mistakes. It's about presenting people in a, a, with a veneer of authority and perfection. And that's why you have to send you know, Mr. Rain, 20 questions beforehand before he's on your podcast, right? And make sure he approves it and the comms people mark it off. That's, that mindset breeds that worldview, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's not the worldview you're talking about, which is, you know, I want to talk about this is you've got people that you know, like we all know people in our social circles that they only talk about themselves. And like you try and tell them, oh yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I went to the game on Saturday and then they'll sort of flip back into their own thing. Right. And it, the reason why they're like that is because they're afraid. They're scared. They're scared to talk to you and listen to you because that means they may have to talk about something they don't know. And that's why, you know, it's 20 questions. It's all rehearsed. It's planned out beforehand. So to have something where I want to talk about what your problem is, so rain what's your what's the big challenge in business right now and listen that requires a different mindset right that means i have to be vulnerable and, i have to and, sit and listen yeah and if i say something that you can't really relate to or or weigh in on it it, it makes you feel maybe less than like that's what the risk is it sounds like you're right saying, that, oh, yeah i did 20 ever... years in an mba and i didn't like come on this podcast for you to point out i don't know something right wow that's kind of like, and you've got the handler, you know, make sure those questions don't get asked. But that that's really interesting, isn't it? That's kind of how it is. But, you know, that's what we need to change. Yeah. It's and that sort of connection. It's interesting. To, it's really interesting to me how you, how you worded that because it's so true, but I haven't really thought about it like that. You always know people that want to talk about themselves and they don't want to talk about anybody else. They've got their... They've got their insecurities, their own things going on, but I've never thought about it like that, where it's that if you talk about yourself, it's not just that they don't care about you. Yeah. It's that it may expose, you know, they have to be something they're not comfortable with. 
you know, whether that's just being a listening ear or like you've landed on where they have to try to relate to or weigh in on something in which they, they don't know much. And that makes them- They're out of their zone, right? That's it, isn't it? Is that now just... you're, you're not in the driving seat. Mm. And you and lose control. And we know scary, that's scary, right? Yeah. Dude, what a revelation because this is so, this is in business. This is in life. I'm thinking of so many people who embody oh, this right now and, and realizing like, oh my God, that's why they don't listen to anybody else. Yeah, you think it's their, like you said, you, you, you think it's because they don't care. But it isn't. I, I think it's, it's really because they are scared. Would you, know, you, it, it, mm. would you and it's argue, in business as well. Would, definitely. Would you, would you argue that we are all innately that way, at least somewhat? Yeah, if, like, when we put in this environment, like, it's okay because, like, you know, Rain and Graham are having a conversation and yeah. I feel pretty comfortable yeah. and I hopefully you do too. Absolutely. And, you know, I know like I did my reading and research, checking up on you, oh, you been traveling, seen some of your movies. Oh, snap. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's all like that sort of mindset is like, I want to make a connection with this guy. And, you know, we both traveled the world for a bit and that was kind of interesting and, you know, feeling that sort of connection and that actually you've got to kind of understand that person as well, rather than, all right, Rain, here are my 10 points that I want to make today. <laughs> right, ask me the next question. <laughs> well, I'll see if I can get this one in. That, that's sort of how it is, isn't it? In yeah. the, and we've all been trained like that. You can imagine, go back to school, go back to uh, university, college, whatever, and we made presentations, right? It was always one way. You gave a presentation and everyone, Arr clap maybe some questions at the end and that actually if you go to a conference you go to SolarCon, that's what it's going to be right every conference is still like that and there's none of this there's none of this backwards and forwards right so i think i guess it's just like it's the default mode of operating for business and life not so much you know with your friends but that's kind of like when you don't know people when you're a bit scared when you have to kind of put up the 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 armor mm -hmm. that's how we are Everything really comes back to insecurity, doesn't it? Like as I hmm. as I grow older and wiser, I realize how much that is just that influences and impacts everything. Right. So like so here's a question, right? How old are your kids? I have one who's like three months, very, very right. new, and then one who's three years. Wow. It's amazing. I'm a three month old as well. So I mean, I don't so but I say you've got you have a three month old as well. I've got a fifteen year old. It's like interesting, isn't it? Like when you find out when somebody's from and you find out yeah. like they've got a family, mm -hmm. you actually see there's a lot of commonality there. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when my boy was three years old, even three months, it's time flies. But you, you think about that and I feel that that's sort of a key part of how you get over that kind of insecurity when you're talking to people. Actually, you know, once you take all the layers off, people are pretty similar underneath. And what happens is, is we get into these situations. You can imagine someone like Madonna, you know, the pop star. Mm -hmm. She's probably actually okay as a person. Yeah, maybe a little bit difficult, but she's probably okay. You probably have a good conversation with her. But the problem is all these idiots around. Mm -hmm. She's got all these handlers. You can't ask Madonna that. You can't. She's got to have this water and she's got to sit here under this light. 
if you took all of that away, she's probably okay. I'm not just picked out Madonna, but it's yeah. like any, yeah. any CEO, yeah. right? And that's the problem. We attract all these people around us and all these trappings and we call ourselves CEOs and we have a big office with a big high back chair and a big car. And that sort of creates all these barriers and that reinforces the insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. I find that fascinating is that, you know, stories really kind of do it in not only help reinforce it, but also are ways we can reconnect with people. It seems like, you know, and I think, like I said, or I asked, I think to a degree, we are all like that, at least initially. And to break that is to kind of, is to be curious. And you alluded to like, it's a little easier in conversation, you know, we're here for a common goal, or you might have a friend, it's a little easier to be curious about. But would you agree that to be a good bit, maybe not a good business person, but at least in terms of marketing and, and sending your messages to really not make it me us centric or me centric, but to be cu be curious about that customer that who was it Nicole who's forty two or whatever you named mm. her, you know to you remember to, well to to really to really be curious instead of trying to talk about you and why your business is so great. Be curious what the, what they're going through. Like you almost have to have unlocked another level of. Mm communication because it sounds like by default we're like worried about protecting ourselves and what interest us and you know our little vulnerabilities and insecurities but you almost have to be bold enough to lean into that mm. to care about somebody else to really make that that deep connection it's a vulnerability isn't yeah it? i know that's it's kind of a trendy word now true thanks yeah there's a lot of that i mean she's obviously put it on the table for everybody Mm -hmm. And it's got kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not hackneyed, but it's got co-opted. It's like the word friend, isn't it? Yeah. Remember when friends were friends? And now they're like an ad friend. Or it's like, you know, liking something is this heart. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, hang on a second. That's love. That's very <laughs> different. It's not liking. It's not like, I, I like, a, you know, like, I like Ikea on Facebook. I don't love <laughs> these people, right? <laughs> So it gets co-opted and vulnerability is one of those True. that to be, what does to be vulnerable really mean? It means to, I mean, it's like with love it's like, you, you've got to throw yourself into this thing. Right. And you've got to prepare to, you know, be hurt and be wrong. And that's, I think what people like the business world has taken vulnerability and it's trying to turn it into this thing, which it's not, it's like being authentic and humanizing your brand. It's all about talking about people. But, you know, what tends to happen is people say, look, I, I want you all to make mistakes. I want you all to be vulnerable and make mistakes. That's the CEO talking. But what the CEO is not doing is saying, look, everybody, look, I really screwed up. You know, lead by example. You know, being a parent, like, you know, the three laws of parenting are example, 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 as they say. It's the same with like leading businesses, right? So, you know, like bringing this back to this whole idea of vulnerability is that really we have to lead by example. We have to talk about how we screwed up. We have to talk about why we're not perfect. And people are very forgiving, which I think is amazing. Truly they are. No, I love that. I mean, this is something really good that's come out of the pandemic is that surely that you can do this with your washing in the background. Kids yeah. can run in. and Totally. 
Totally. You know, I remember like years. So here's the thing, right? Years ago, I had a business in telecoms and we, we got this, um, like these virtual offices, like in the early days, 20 years ago, we're talking now, virtual office in London, you know, sort of reasonably trendy area of London. And, uh, I remember meeting a client on the way, just coming out of this office and said, oh, is that your office in there? And it was, you know, I only had like an address. I actually worked at home. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's nice. There's big meeting rooms up there, you know, you big, big aspect, double aspect windows, everything overlooking St. Paul's Cathedral. And there I was working at home, just picking up the mail. But back then you were like very, very cautious about that. You didn't want to tell people that you were running a business online working yeah. from home and that was like a bad thing back then people would make it up people would have you could even go onto youtube and find these vid these videos of like office sounds seriously i would get those so they were like 20 minute looped office sounds of people like talking and like this photocopying machine and run that thing in the back if you phoned up it'd be like running I hang on a sec <laughs> run this thing that's what it was like but now i mean there is some vulnerability now but we're moving in the right direction for sure. That's so funny. In my industry, it used to be web series. Like when web series came out, I was like, oh, well, so it's not a real TV show. But it's like oh, right. <laughs> now now they're all web series, basically. <laughs> it was like, that was just a web series. Yeah, you know, they yeah, might yeah. be talented well, and creative, yeah, like, but... You know, then all of a sudden, you know, Jerry Seinfeld does one and, and right. they ridiculed him. All his friends were like, you're doing what? You're driving around now. It's like a Netflix award-winning show, just having coffee with comedians. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that was the same thing. It's funny how we do that. These, they, we keep coming back to these limiting. Well, it's control, isn't it? As yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, if I can call it a web series, I can also control the narrative about what it is. You know, and, it, it's and, I, not, and it's not threatening my thing because it's only... Right. A web series and you as a business person yeah, are my advertisers my aren't going to go to your web series now, these these are serious advertisers they're not going to go and you know sprinkle their cash on you that's kind of like it is a control of the narrative isn't it and that's you know you talk about the power of storytelling it's right there controlling narratives how you can control reality and you know that's perpetuated by media right mm -hmm. it would be media and maybe the the experts who write for Forbes or those kind of people or CNET. No, I suppose they're probably on your side, but you know what I mean? I do. Those guys, they would be the ones that kind of keeping you in your box, keep it, stay in your lane. Don't come and mess up our thing. <laughs> you know, we, we've mentioned all these words that are kind of, uh, um, keywords key now vulnerability and authenticity is another one yeah um uh, uh this one you know and you had said earlier that that you didn't say it this way but basically authenticity is the kind of the antidote to 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 mm. fear right to this these mm. to this, these issues that we have in our heads so i have, I have a two-part question about authenticity one it's still mm. not necessarily easy to be authentic right that's that's a scary thing for people so is there mm. any practical like tips you know i'm talking to like the ceo now who's like all right i'm gonna put myself on video mm. how do i not sound like a robot like how do i be authentic and this could be even within the business leading mm. and then the second part of that question is and i can remind you that if if, if you know we get there is is there a line like how authentic should someone mm. in business be <clears throat> so 
how do we be authentic in the first place? And then is there a cutoff point for authenticity? Yeah. It's like storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. Like there's some people who, who only talk to you through stories and it's like, yeah. just, just give me facts. Now I'm really like, I'm want, done with your story. Tim? What do you want? <laughs> well, well, let me put it into context. Thursday. Yeah. I was, I was driving up here. Yeah. Get to the point. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> just give me the bullet. Send me a PowerPoint oh, presentation. Yeah. That's so funny. Authenticity. Yeah. I, it's, these are really good questions, man. Like, so, it, it, you know, how, how do you be authentic? How, you know, how, how do you make it easier? And then, you know, is there a fine line? The fine line one is really interesting. I can't wait to get to that question. Yeah, okay, good. So the easy part, I suppose, really, you know, I say to people who are podcast hosts, because obviously I work a lot with podcast hosts who are quite early in their careers mm-hmm. as corporates. And, you know, you know, it's a corporate podcast host, if you like. And often they've done it because they they like podcasts, they listen to them and they really want to do this, mm-hmm. but they, they don't have any training. And what I say to them is that, you know, if you do a podcast and the, the audience doesn't learn at least one thing about you, the host, then it's a missed opportunity. And that makes people think again, because they often think that they're going to flip into sort of Larry King mode, right? I think it's going to be really good asking questions, but I actually don't know anything about Larry King. Right. And that's the thing. And he's not a conversationist. He's just a question asker and being authentic means like you've got to use the podcast to drop in stuff about you. Right. And pick up on the cues when you're asked and like drop Oh yeah. That was like when, you know, my son did that. And when we were living in, Carolina, North Carolina, right? All, all those kind of whatever it is. I think that's really important. You've got to get it in early. That helps me as the guest feel settled. And I feel that, you know, and also it doesn't force me into that interview mode as well, because, you know, we have to bear in mind that most of those CEOs have only ever done traditional media. Mm-hmm. So to break out of that is really key, you know, talk to them and don't call them Mr. Rain, you know, or don't call them whatever, you, you know, Mr. Whatever. Call them, you know, just call them their name. Yeah. Right. That, that's really important. And talk to them and, you know, ask about their family. And these things are really important because it creates that connection. And it, we realize everything else really is BS. You know, it's just this, this armor we've built around ourselves which we're struggling to, you know, pull down to connect with people at a human level. And that's what I think, you know, those tips is like when you go into a podcast, go into this situation is like, talk about yourself, ask personal questions, ask family questions, ask like, where are you from? All these things that everybody has an answer. You can't ask somebody where they're from and they can't give you an answer. Everybody has an answer to that, right? And there's always something that they can say about it. Oh, you know, what's good about North Carolina? Or was, how is it compared to South Carolina, right? You know, oh, dude, it's way better. Right, there Let's you go. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> How's the food? What's the local food? You know, what, what you know, all, all these kind of things that you can ask people. It right? creates new questions. Yeah, there's and always something that people have, and then you know, oh yeah, I went, you know, I was on vacation down there and last fall break, right? You you can throw in these things, and I think that's everything we can do 
is just human just keeping it out of the business context out of the content if you like mm. and everybody can do that it's just they're a bit afraid and that's where it goes wrong you feel you can't do that or even just injecting humor into it right everybody laughs if you've got somebody who doesn't laugh you know that's hard work but that's authenticity it's just being human really even if you look at the word you know look at that word authentic it comes from ancient greek you know you look actually there's like three words in ancient greek that have the same root interestingly um authentic authority and audio and audience as four words sorry and they all have the same root which is the au root which in ancient greek there's no direct translation for it but the etymological root of it is to feel to feel something so authenticity is felt you know it's very non-logical it's very emotional it's felt and you know we perceive or feel things like just to say he's an authority or this is the audience it's a connection isn't it and listening as well like you know when you listen to somebody it's very it's an emotional sense more than anything else you think of music how emotional that is right it doesn't change with the video it's still music right so that's really important to create that emotional connection with people that, that's my answer to the first part now the second one about drawing the line so would there be a situation where somebody was too authentic have you experienced that sure yeah let me give you an and example. how did it go was it cringe or uh so i had a um a, a lot of who i've been thinking about as we've been talking is my brother in a lot of these things he's a storyteller when he doesn't need to be he talks about himself and has a trouble listening um <clears throat> and we for a brief moment in time years and years ago were in business together mm. Ter terrible decision Th uh, this never ends well it, <laughs> this story it, it did not it did not <laughs> But uh, I was just starting out as a filmmaker and I was making wedding videos. He was just starting out as like, a, he was a chef and, and like a caterer. And so we started doing uh -huh. events together, cooking, and I was doing video and we started other, other wedding services, whatever, whatever. So at one point he, he is a beautiful salesperson. Like he, when he describes his menus, people are just like, and he'll even uh -huh. say words that don't even make sense. And they'll still just be like, where do I sign? Like it was a work of art to watch him, to watch him talk about his food. But then so he's very himself and that's a big bonus for him. But at one point he was talking to a, a, a client, a potential client. They're like, hey, how was your weekend? And he was talking about an event we had and, he, and, and it was hectic as many weddings are. And he was like, yeah, I didn't, wasn't sure if we were going to make it there at one point. And I'm like, you're talking to a potential client. You don't tell yeah. them that you think you might not have been able to pull off the wedding when they're thinking about hiring you for the wedding. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and how did that go? Did they get well, the client? He passed it over. I mean, because I was yeah. like, because we were just on the phone with him and, I, and we and he and I were together in the room and I was like, <laughs> you know, and he, and he, he reeled it back in, you know um and and seth godin will, will refer to it he's like we don't really care so much about authenticity we just want people to be consistent like be yeah yourself. he's like i've heard that ellen is a terrible person i don't want ellen yeah. to, be, to be authentic i want her to be the consistent talk funny talk show host that dance that i know know and love so it's true right that's an ex example of where my brother being his complete self was like not the best choice for for mm. business you know what i mean however he brought in so much business by being himself so it's not that 
it's a binary either or thing. Mm. That's why I asked, like, is there a line? Yeah, I like the Seth Godin quote. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I wonder if it's it really being inconsistent is inauthentic, if you like, in that sense that um, authentic means real, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. In that sense that is somebody acting and then they kind of break cover, mm -hmm. they break character. You know, it's like you meet the Undertaker from WWE or whatever, and he's going to give you the Undertaker spiel, but then he's like him. He's the yeah, actor. He's Mark. the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Like a, as a fan, you want him to be the Undertaker, right? But if he, the real person breaks character, that's going to be a little bit jarring for you. So in that sense, that is authentic being consistent, I would argue, yeah. right? It's authentically and, the Undertaker who who we've grown to love. If his if his role changed, you know, and hmm. it wasn't that, then it would be really jarring. Yeah. You know, if all of a sudden he came out like dun, 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 like when yeah, you would work. Like, yeah, I mean you yeah. see that with brands as well. It's classic, isn't oh it? Oh my but god, yeah. Colgate like doing lasagna. <laughs> you know, it's like I want to say. You know, the dental healthcare, you know, fantastic. But you like would when it never comes buy to lasagna, you microwave food, no. Nah. It's going to taste like mint. You, you would never be able to That's shake what it. you're going to think, right? That's the authentic, you know, it's the consistency, isn't it? It's like I expect really, if you think about a story, a brand is a story and it creates an expectation of what that's going to be like. And if it's inconsistent, something's wrong. And if something's wrong, like internally, we can't articulate it. We can't evoke what's wrong with it. It just feels wrong. That's the authentic part, right? It just feels wrong. And in, in many ways, we're very good at reading people, or I don't know if you've read Talking with Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Apparently, we're not so yes. much. But we face-to-face, -face, we can read people pretty well in the sense that something about this guy, do you know what I mean? That some, you meet somebody and it doesn't add up. Yeah. Some, you're reading them and you just got this sense that, I don't know, something they're saying doesn't hang together. You know, maybe it's their body language, you know, that they're coming across as very Zen, but their, their body language is aggressive to me. Mm -hmm. And it feels wrong. That's not how I would expect somebody of that kind of brand, that character to behave. And maybe I'm wrong, but you know, we build up these expectations from patterns, mm -hmm. right? And the, you know, that goes back to the, Again, the storytelling piece, isn't it? It's that, totally. you know, if you think about if, so I've got a British accent. If I went into Hollywood, I'd probably end up as a bad guy, mm -hmm. right? That's it. Or some like crap romantic comedy, you know, or that, yeah. that, you know, really like niche, niche down, but the, the it'd be the bad guy type thing, right? Because it, it's stereotyped. And if I came across as something else, like a superhero, it's like, no, it doesn't speak with a British accent. It doesn't work. <laughs> so it just sounds weird. So we, you know, that's been sort of ingrained in our heads for like all our lives. Yeah. That's and these funny. expectations of what people will be like. I'd, I'd watch you if you were in a superhero movie. <laughs> what do you think? The superhero storyteller. <laughs> Maybe what about you see even when um Benedict Cumberbatch did Doctor Strange yeah didn't he, he have an American accent I'm 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 almost certain you know yeah, I of course now when I'm well. thinking about it uh yeah yeah he definitely did he definitely he did. did that's a good point
That's I gotta think about it'd that. Just more. Weird. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Hello. Hello, my good man. Dude. Would that not work? Really that doesn't sound like not a in Hollywood, joke. at least. You're not for us Americans. We couldn't hear that shit and relate to it, but that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's how it is. I mean, you know, have you read The uh, Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell? Sure. I'm sure you've read it. I'm sure it's been mentioned a number of times. You, know, you had Neil yeah, Bearden yeah. on the Hero the other day, didn't you? Yeah, sure I was wondering if you two knew each other. Yeah, well, yeah, we do. No, we he's do. living yeah, in my he's, neck he's, of the woods now. He, that's right. He moved back with his girl, didn't he? We haven't he's, we haven't seen each other yet because we're still in this damn pandemic. But yeah, like a month ago, he he moved here. So we're gonna link. He's up a good him. guy. He's a good yeah. storyteller. Yeah, and we we can sort of connect on that, the meta story level. Mm-hmm. Talked about Joseph Campbell, that kind of thing. We know it's the knowing look when somebody talks Joseph Campbell. Yeah, I know you've read that stuff. <laughs> that's all about avatars, really, isn't it? If you go into like the Jungian stuff, it's all about these avatars that exist in, you know, you think about the classic avatar in myth, the accidental hero. Mm-hmm. You know, he's either a little guy with hairy feet who found this ring or, you know, like a boy that became a wizard or, you know, a, a guy that tinkered around with the computers and suddenly had to build iPhones, right? All, the, all those kind of accidental hero narratives, which are really powerful. And, and none of them would have a British accent, for the record. Well, they're not accidental. We've been like the oppressor for so yeah. many years. We would be like the Saurons and the, the bad guys. You had somebody on your podcast talking about stories of nations, didn't you? About the story of who we are. It was, it was oh, a few back. Yeah, a lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's something that. we're struggling with as a as a country right now and and uh, and people yeah we're we're struggling with that majorly i'm I'm actually working on a film right now that's addressing some of that because our history has been so just i don't know cobbled together and full of lots of different identities and hmm. grasping on different ones and we were really struggling with like that origin story you know hmm. Interesting. Majorly. the origin yep. myth yep totally how, how powerful that is though right yeah you think you know america has this extremely strong origin myth big time big you know time. you think of the founding fathers and all yep. even you know all these kind of events and mm-hmm. mythical characters and why there's such a vehement like a such a, a what's the word i'm looking for strong for lack of a better better word but a strong uh, a backlash from some mm. people to to the potential changing of that historical narrative is because Mm. of how like strongly we believe in those stories and how serious they are in our heart of hearts. So that's why like the, the, you know, tearing these statues down is like on a, on a visceral level to Mm. people is like, no, (laughs) you know, because yeah, we are rooted. It's amazing. It's like forces, isn't there? Channels through. Oh yeah. I thought I heard Russell Brand talking about it. He was saying, he used the word, which I thought was really powerful. He said totemic. I love that word. Like it really totemic. Is good, right? It's like you, you, you yep. never hear that word said, but it's just it's so right. It's totemic. You know, you think yeah. of like the totem pole. Yeah, he's good. He's good for those sorts of uh putting things in certain ways. But i I I figure that, you know, I reckon that a lot of other countries may not have that tie because take England, for example, any European nation, you're you're first of all, you gotta go so far back to find an origin, but that mm. that that identity has changed so much over the millennia mm. or centuries, at least we're only two, three centuries old. So we have this origin and we haven't had a change. 
hmm. in our nation yet. But you look at any European country and just start going back hundreds of years, and it's changed multiple times. Hmm. Like the race of the people, you know, the the background of the people, the name of the people, the name of the country, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to look at, it's it's evolved over the years and we haven't really experienced that and we might be <laughs> currently and we're like whoa 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 uh-uh yeah no but that's why people really care about it yeah it's a lot vested in it oh uh, it's everything and so we're, we're really struggling with that because you got one half of the country that is unveiling that a lot mm. of, if not all of what we've been taught and told and subscribed to is bullshit. And the other half that is like, mm. no, 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 no. You don't take this for me. This is who I am. This is everything. Mm. It's really yeah. dead serious over here right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I can I, I get the sense of it, obviously, from what I see and what I feel and what I hear mm-hmm. that it's a time of it's not just a bunch of people getting upset about statues it's hundreds of years of you know like sometimes if you have a traumatic event it sort of has these layers layers built upon layers that people get triggered so i mean triggering is a thing now it seems like once people said triggering was around everywhere you realize actually it is yep how people get triggered so easily about things because it's a trauma that's been built on hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. You know, you can think, for example, myself and my wife, as an example, we've been together 25 years and uh, there's certain things that just trigger us, right? And you can have an argument. I mean, we had an argument the other day, but so it just, you know, you're in that argument thing. This is the dumbest argument we've yeah, yeah, ever yeah. had, but I just can't get out of it. It's like you just keep going round and round until we like, okay, let's give up. Let's do something else. But that's like a trauma, isn't it? It's kind of like, because, oh yeah, you remember when you did that thing? <laughs> no, no, but you did that thing like two weeks ago. No, no, we're not talking about the past. It's a trauma that keeps going around. And stories are like that in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, that it, it's kind of these layers that have been built for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Definitely. And so you only have to kind of tap into it. You're, you're unleashing these primal forces, mm. really. They're primal. And that's to the benefit of, you know, you've seen some of the demagogues that have emerged in the political sphere in the last, I won't name names, but, you know, in the last 10 years. And then you can see, for example, like how people are reacting to all these events. You know, that, that, that's not in isolation. All right. Well, that's a perfectly uh, sad and disturbing point to end on. Let's just <laughs> let's just in there. And call, it, call it a, you want a Hollywood ending. <laughs> no, this is real life. It's not always roses. Um, Film noir. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, man. I I, I appreciate you so much for coming on and and uh, it's fun. You know, when we set it up, I wasn't sure. You know, I, I'm always easygoing and conversational with with my shows uh so i didn't have any fear but i just was you know a little uncertainty but uh i I just love to to let things organically go where they go and uh yeah man i feel really connected to you and and feel like we could could chat you know chat over a pint and talk about this all day but it's really um i don't know it's nice to see people doing the work because uh, all these things we've talked about today the insecurity specifically It's something that we struggle with and, and that's in life, that's in business. Um, 
but I think in businesses, it holds a lot of people back from, from accomplishing what they're trying to accomplish because it is so people are so resistant to it, you know? Mm. But we live in a good time. Don't you think rain, but think about podcasting that now you don't need permission. I love it. You know, that to start your own media network, you know, you don't have to be a web series anymore. Right? No. I think it's beautiful. I mean, and the great thing is so many people who don't have a voice mm -hmm. are picking up microphones and just starting their own radio station. It's amazing, really. It's amazing. Yep. And when you talk about the numbers at the very beginning, when we started it was off about podcasting, it's like 3.7 million in the world today. Wow. Here's an interesting fact to end it on a positive, if you like. There you go. In 1998, when I started my web design business, there were roughly 3 million websites, 3.5, I think websites in the world and it's about the same number of podcasts today in 2021 wow and uh there are 1.7 billion websites in the world today so i feel that podcasts will be to people what websites are to business and therefore everybody you know it's an interface isn't it it's a, in the same way i have a website i can connect with people customers they can find out and order stuff in the same way, I have a podcast I can connect with people. It's an interface from me, from people to people. Big time. So it was, if people are saying 3.5 million, oh, that's too many. You know, we're just getting going. Love it. All right, my friend. It's time for you to go to bed, I imagine. I appreciate your yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> no, lovely. Enjoyed this. Thanks, Ray. Absolutely. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow, and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.